welcome back to Flippin' and Mashing with your host Parnell and Steve. Steve. What? <laughs> um Steve is taking a vacation from Flippin' and Mashing to record with his lady friend on Twitch. And I have a new co-host. I will call him Le Ryan. Is that what you called it? Is that what you said on the thing? Yep. Le Ryan. <laughs> um, Steve's doing his thing. He's got busy. Uh, obviously, him and I both have two kids. It is absolute mayhem. Um, him and his girlfriend started to stream on Twitch under Steve-O and Madcat. Since he's trying to grow that and stream multiple times a week, uh, he's kind of put a backseat to pinball and the podcast. So I was having the itch and almost started to do it by myself, but that's not very fun. Um, Ryan, a friend of mine who I met just about a year ago, said he would love to podcast. And uh, we decided finally to get on it. This might not be the first episode, but it will... Fingers crossed, be the first episode I actually edit that we can upload it. And we'd love to get it done before 2020, the end of 2020. We're not going to make it too long, but we're going to kind of get to know Ryan. We're going to talk about a couple things, and then we'll probably be recording again real soon to get another podcast up once I kind of <laughs> take over the responsibilities of editing this, this podcast uh, that Steve used to do. So... Ryan, why don't you give us a little background on maybe your pinball, but then also any gaming, like video game stuff, because uh, we do talk about some of that on the podcast. I don't know if you have an arcade near you, or if you e even enjoy arcades. Maybe you've owned a couple. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm Ryan. I have been collecting pinballs for about... Five years now I've been in the pinball scene here in Minnesota. Um, as far as a uh, little bit more background, currently in my basement, I have six machines. Uh, Black Knight Sword of Rage, limited edition, a Turtles Pro, an Attack from Mars LE, the remake, Demolition Man, Total Nuclear Annihilation, and Ghostbusters Pro. Um, and I have owned obviously quite a few others. I do like video games. I think probably my favorite video game of all time is a trilogy and it's the Mass Effect trilogy. And, um, I definitely enjoy arcades. I've, uh, done some light restorations on them previously um, that's actually how I got into pinball was I was in arcades first. I figured out how to work on and fix arcades. And, uh, from there I was like, well, if I can do an arcade, a pinball can't be that much harder, right? That was my sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> because they're quite a bit harder. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my background. Um, and, uh, yeah. I'll let you go ahead and, uh, you know, I guess uh, take it from there, Parnell. Yeah, you got a, a quite a stellar lineup. I know when we, when we first started talking uh, a lot was earlier this year. Um, 
I met you because you had a for sale ad for a Stargate, and one of my clients, I was looking for a System 3 Gottlieb. And then we didn't really talk a whole lot until more toward March, where um, we did end up doing a deal, and you bought my Baywatch and Joker Poker. And then ever since then, we talk, God, pretty much daily. Um, and, uh, as my wife likes to say, I don't know how you talk about the same crap every day for hours. Um, but we do. And, yeah, it's uh, pretty easy. I don't know. I mean, just... yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, well, you won't talk to me about pinball much, so I'll just talk to, to Ryan and Chris, I guess. <laughs> Since I've met you. Uh, you have gone. You, you used to go through a game like a week, maybe a month. I mean, I don't think it's a week, but yeah, for a while there, uh, when you had met me, I was definitely doing some some shuffling, as it were. Um, so yeah, I I think in my basement, oh, in the past year, I've had you had um, last action hero. <laughs> I'm, I'm counting. Iron Maiden. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. So since we started talking, I've had Stargate, Dialed In, Lord of the Rings, Iron Maiden, Revenge from Mars, F14 Tomcat, Baywatch, Joker Poker. Yeah, a couple times. Joker Poker, Star Wars Premium, Spider Man, Star Wars Episode One, Caveman, Monster Bash, Elvira and the Party Monsters, Last Action Hero, and Wheel of Fortune. God, I forgot about uh, half of those. Yeah. No, I've been through quite a bit this year uh, on my hunt. Yeah. And then um, recently, because you always joke with me that... Um, so, I think people know my lineup. It, well, it's been a while since we recorded, but um, I have downsized... Your on us. Later yeah, I have downsized on. immensely. But I have a Ghostbusters Premium... Metallica Pro, Tron Pro. What's that one? What else do I have? Tron Pro is going to be up for trade soon. Just for oh, everybody. Yeah. What's next? Oh, Medieval Madness Remake, Ellie. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Stern Galaxy, ACDC Lucy Premium. I'm borrowing Swords of Fury from Chris. And then I have a Gottlieb Wedgehead EM Playball. I feel pretty good about my lineup. Obviously, there's always a new shiny object I want, but I'm having a hard time selling my games. I do have Galaxy listed for sale. Uh, I wouldn't mind letting it go. I'm not for it or against the game. It's I wanted a classic Stern. Galaxy came up. I did not realize that the spinner wasn't really worth anything on Galaxy. It it just changes the value of the scoop or the saucer. And so unlike Meteor or Flight 2000 or any other common, commonly wanted stern where the spinner, you rip it and it like racks points up, Galaxy doesn't rack points up for that. So it's... Wah, wah. Um, I... Tron would... I mean, besides Galaxy, Tron would probably be the first game I'd sell. At the same time, I go back and play it and it really makes me want to keep it. So I'm kind of in this weird conundrum of sorts. And uh, now you made a comment uh, a little bit ago 
that you, because <laughs> I, I think I jokingly asked when you're selling TNA or something, and uh, you said, I have a part out problem <laughs> and I don't want to get rid of anything. I guess Demo Man's probably the, the, your trade bait, I guess you would call it. Yeah, Demo Man's totally my, my swinger. Uh, and I, I do technically also have a Johnny Mnemonic, like a, a percentage of it. Uh, I'm, I'm essentially, uh, that'll be in the basement eventually. So those will both be kind of my trade bait games, I guess, if something good enough pops up or I get bored of them, which is possible. But, uh, yeah, that's, I, I really like, uh, the rest of my lineup. It's pretty much bolted to the floor. Uh, I don't think I could ask for a better lineup personally. Um, I know that. I need more games, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess we all do, but, um, yeah, I mean, Demo Man is a fun game and it, it flows so well for a wide body. It is. Yep. I would agree. It's one of my favorite. I do not like Judge Dredd, but I, Demo Man is very fun. So TNA is your latest pickup. Yes. And yeah. I remember us talking about this and, uh, I guess this is a two-parter. You used to have Lord of the Rings. We both had Lord... Well, we both had it. You've sold your Lord of the Rings. Do you miss a story-driven, long ball time game? Um, You know, I, I don't as much as you would think. Um, I guess the reason being, and this is going to sound crazy, but Parnell's been over to my house now and can vouch. I have a long playing game in my basement. Uh, that shouldn't be long playing, but because I've owned it for so long and I've played it so much, uh, you know, my long playing game is Black Knight Sword of Rage. Now, it's obviously not every game, uh, but there are definitely some games where I can, like, seriously be cooking, uh, you know, 10, 12, 15 minute games or more. Um, you know, it's not the 30 minute plus that Lord of the Rings is, but. You know, when I get done playing Sword of Rage, uh, I'm sweating, like actually sweating. I, uh, and on prior episodes, Steve and I have gushed over the pro Black Knight Sword of Rage that was up here uh, on route. And when I finally got to play your LE, which is the first LE or premium, I sent video and pictures to Steve and I'm like, you got to fucking play this game, man. Um, it... Uh, there's something about it that, and I always compare it to like the system 11s where it's hard as hell, but for some reason, even though it's quote unquote simple, you just keep loving to play it. And to me, it has that magic. And to Steve, it has that, but there's a lot of people that don't like it. Um, oh yeah. I was having a discussion with someone on Facebook earlier today that was uh, trying to spew some false lies saying that they liked the pro more. And I mean, obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion. They're wrong though, if that's their opinion. Um, I don't I just, it, I, and they ahead. have played both. Yeah. They, they claim they've played both because what was the reasoning that the pro was better versus the premium Ellie? So this is the general argument. And I, you know, I guess, you could easily label me the same as them. Uh, there's definitely a mentality uh, in the Stern owners fan base 
where they try to justify their game purchase over another. And I think it happens a lot more in the pro side as opposed to the premium LE. But I definitely do think that uh, the premium guys will try to do the justification, whether it's necessarily true is kind of more of an opinion rather than fact. Um, but, you know, the pro owners will essentially say that, uh, you know, it, it just continuously flows. There's no stop, um, which is true. I mean, and if you want a game that literally you get no moment of, like, breathing besides after you've drained, uh, then that's the game for you. But personally, I think that the upper playfield offers just enough to do up there to really make it, like, unique. Um Due to the different ways that scoring can be made up there, um, there's different objectives down on the main play fields that can um, either make shots up top less valuable or more valuable. And you get a whole extra um, ball lock up there and a whole other multi-ball. And you get last stand, which I think you got to try for the first time while you were here on one of your games. Yes. I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure... Last Stand is like where, uh, for those that haven't played it, uh, if you drain out of either of the out lanes, the ball has to roll over the switch and the action button on the uh, lockdown bar will turn red. If you press it during that time, before the ball gets into the trough and seats, um, it will start Last Stand, meaning that you have 30 seconds to lock the remaining balls up top in the catapult, the lock that's up on the upper play field, uh, to essentially go into a multi-ball, and by doing that, progress through the game, which is pretty cool. I did get that because I was freaking excited when it happened, and I kept trying to do it, and then I don't think I could ever do it again. But you explained, because... Um, I like the idea of rules and knowing them. I just never learned them. You explained to me on a couple games, and we'll get to those, but on Black Knight, like you explained the upper playfield, the last stand, and also something I didn't realize um, is that you can like charge your sword up so that when you go to fight, it's worth a lot more. Yeah, and that was one of the points. So for anyone that hasn't seen a premium upper playfield, there's a loop shot. There's the lock shot, and then there's a stand-up that says lock above it to light lock. Um, after you charge your sword, you have to get into a monster mode. Then you have to shoot the Black Knight stand-up target, the big one in the center. Um, and then all your shots are doubled. Well, if you shoot up top, as premium owners know, and you hit the lock shot, you can do damage to the monster, and it's something that you can do... Not super frequently, but if you're good at the game, you can generally get a few good hits on per the ball, you know, every time the ball's up there. Now, if you have double scoring enabled, that lock shot or that light lock shot is not doubled. Uh, the game purposely is like, all right, well, if you're going to go for the easy takedown, I'm not going to give you any extra points for it. Instead, the ball of the game is like, well, if you can shoot the loop shot, I will give you double points. Um, that are actually a little bit higher than the double points on any of the other shots because that's such a hard shot to shoot repeatedly. Um, and of course, I know there's like pros out there that can make the sh that loop shot hundreds of times in a game. 
Um, but neither I nor Parnell are pros. So. Oh, so and we good. forgot to mention, uh, my Black Knight has the topper. Uh, uh, and Parnell it, got to see that as well. Um, I'm not huge into toppers until Ghostbusters, and I missed out on buying one. And um, the Black Knight topper is uh, probably one of, if not the best topper available at the moment of December 29th, 2020 in being, what would you say, inter- interactive of sorts or just mechanically? It's like the well, most advanced? Both. I mean, and, and I think that we can go ahead and confidently say, especially for the original price of it, it's probably one of the greatest toppers of all time, like period. Because yeah. as we've already seen with Stern, they've now doubled what they were charged for Black Knight versus uh, <laughs> Turtles and uh, Elvira. So... I definitely don't think that we're going to see any more of uh, that amazing value in a topper anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, the fact that the Black Knight uh, will literally sit up there and look down at you and do custom callouts that you don't get to hear unless you have the topper. Uh, and the fact that like when you hit him, his head will go back and he'll bob his head to the music, like the theme song, uh, as after a game's done, like... It's it's very cool. They did a great job with animation and the interactive uh, features of it, and the fact that it has cool custom callouts. Uh, yes, yeah. He and if, does he follow the ball at all? Like if it's on either side of the playfield, switch hit. Will he move? He doesn't. He doesn't follow the ball. He more does. Um, you know, if like you shoot the Black Knight Center tar- stand up target. Uh, he, his head will actually like blow back like you hit him. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, when he's talking, if he's like, you know, uh uh-uh, uh, get out of here, his head will shake back and forth, you know, as if he's telling you, like, nope. It is, it is a pretty sweet topper. The other game that I did want to talk about is Ninja Turtles, the new stern Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Per a suggestion, you put the custom code, I guess they call it. The 1987 code? Yeah, which is super unfortunate. Uh, those guys have pretty much stopped making it. Um, I'm assuming Stern cracked down. Stern made it to where you no longer can go in using the normal methods to edit, modify, and or adjust the uh, code inside of the game. And they also went in and changed how the music audio file is stored. It used to be in pieces, and now it's just one long piece, kind of like a record. Uh, And the code just knows to point specifically at one area of that audio file or another to play what it needs to. Uh, Whereas before, I guess, it was kind of more like you had a, a list of tracks, and it would select a track as opposed to... Uh, the, the the whatever logic it is now. So uh, Parnell has gotten to play the uh, 1.21 Turtles code uh, with Delt's custom soundtrack, which is amazing. Uh, I still have not updated the code to 1.41, uh, which released, I think, the other day for an early Christmas present from Mr. Stern himself. I wanted to ask you about that because there is a half shell challenge, which I think is new. And do you know anything about it? I know what it does. I know about it. I have not played it yet. Um, Is it 
like the Jurassic Park Escape Nublar mode, where it takes a mode and just lets you play it a single mode? Yeah, so uh, the quick and dirty of it is is you have to select it, kind of like how you would select a co-op mode, Parnell, if you remember us doing that. Yep. Uh, so the you can select co-op, competition. Uh, there's another mode where you can literally play, uh, I believe it's Final Battle, which is the first of two wizard modes. Um, so you can choose to just like jump directly into that if you wanted to. Um, and then this new one, it essentially is, I think you have to shoot like 16 shots and every four shots you collect one of the four turtles. That mode uh, continues to time you. So this is really interesting because it's the first possible pinball game uh, mode anyways that you could speed run. Um, oh, fun. Yeah, so it's unlimited balls. Like, there's just a continual ball save. You just keep getting balls until you finish the mode. Or I think you can time it out at some point. I'm not entirely sure on those rules. But essentially, um, there are flashing shots, and you need to make that flashing shot. And if you do that four times, you collect one of the four turtles. You collect all four, the mode ends, and the timer you know, is done. So... Theoretically, uh, I've seen people already at under 100 seconds for the 16 shots. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, though, it is, it is definitely very interesting. Uh, and something that's unique that we haven't seen in pinball. Stern, uh, uh, they are a double-edged sword lately for hate and love. But they had started the um, Stern, what they, the, what they call it, the head-to-head, or what were, they put two of the same game, and they, the Stern, like, head-to-head challenge. I think it also became popular over uh, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, with streamers. And what, everybody would be, you know, streamed up, or um, Stern's head-to-head tournament thing would be in person. I think it was in Las Vegas the first time it happened. But everybody's on the same game. Everybody starts at the same time, or at least via a stopwatch and a specific it's almost like pinball golf where you say you know um start sparky multi-ball and whoever has the quickest time to start sparky multi-ball wins and so that was becoming very popular aka speed run to a specific task but now being built in where you can do it by yourself and then upload like that is documented. You could take a picture and upload it to the internet um, to brag or have a little tournament or whatever you want to call it. Competition with friends and stuff is pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, it's super cool. Like I said, I was pretty blown away to see that they took a game that I don't know. Some people argued that the code isn't that deep and ah, I don't know. I think the code is deep enough for what it is. Uh, it doesn't need to be like parts of the Caribbean, like I'm drowning in code. Um, but I, I thought it was really awesome that they, they took something and added a whole extra mode that uh, you know no one knew about. There was no insert for it. There wasn't anything uh, to hint at that being a possibility. And I, I think that kind of shows a little bit that Dwight maybe really loves the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like that theme. Um, and he's pushing a bit more than he uh, has in the past uh, to complete code on a game and, and, you know, go beyond that even. It's um, 
I think the the pandemic alone has caused some thought changes because sales have shifted to home use and there are a ton of new um, pinball people or people in the hobby and they're buying their first game for their house. And so these kind of things, uh, I will give props to Stern and anybody like P3 with their online and Jersey Jack's coming out with stuff. But like pushing that envelope, we've had it in video games for I don't know how long, uh, certain features, and now it's finally coming to pinball, which is hard to implement. Don't get me wrong. Stern always does seem to just, you know, bang out some cool features, and then everybody wants it on the next game or every game after that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I was really disappointed to hear that the Avengers didn't have co-op built into it because, I mean, it made sense. Like That actually did make sense. Play together. Yeah, you know they 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 fight together, so that totally I could see. But nope, nope. <laughs> Everybody's asking for co-op mode now, um, which I, it doesn't make sense in every game. Like Led Zeppelin, like really? I mean, I guess the band members joining together. Okay, that does make some sense. And Tim Sexton did say that it will come with time, but for every game, it will not make sense. However. Having these special modes where you can like kind of play the final wizard mode or any specific, you know, cool mode like Escape Nublar or Half Shell, those are super fun because it is a dedicated mode. You know exactly what needs to happen and you can take instead of manipulating scoring, it kind of evens the play field out. Like for me and you to go and play Half Shell, there's not a there's not a better way for you to score. It's just time. Where we're just facing time. Or like Escape Nublar, same thing. You just have to hit your shots faster to get further into. It makes it uh, a little bit evening of the score-wise. Now it's just literally skill on that specific game you have. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And, and you know, it's crazy because Spooky has technically had co-op for, what, TNA, I think, was their first co-op game? Yeah, what was that, 2017? Yeah, so, I mean, they've had TNA, Alice Cooper, Nightmare Castle, Rick and Morty. I think you can do co-op, I think. Um, so, I mean, they've been doing it for a while, but I was pleasantly just surprised, uh, you know, when Turtles came out and they dropped that it was going to be co-op. I was like, all right, I got to get one of these. And that's why Star Wars left my basement for anybody that uh, remembers games. <laughs> From uh, Ryan's past, that's why that game left, was to get Turtles in. One comment I made about Turtles was, when I played Ghostbusters at the launch party, I was immediately sucked in. And then I kind of hyped myself up for Turtles. Um, I do remember it fondly from my childhood. I went and played yours, and it was... You had said, play a game without me telling you what to do. I played it. I didn't really like it. It was kind of overwhelming there's a lot to do there's a ton of shots some very hard shots and then i didn't know what to hit and uh being pinball stupid like medieval madness you can kind of hit a bunch of crap multiple times and then something happens you usually get a multi-ball turtles yeah you, you kind of can hit the the van shot but it the van shot's not big right and it's also hidden kind of in the back so it's not like it's not like the castle gate where you hit it and it does stuff. So you like, oh, I need it or Sparky. It's very obvious when you're hitting it. And so then when you explained it to me, I started becoming a little bit more aware of what to shoot and understand. But I 
didn't fall in love with it. And maybe it's any more games, but as fast as Ghostbusters. But Ghostbusters is just kind of wide open, tons of crap to hit. I mean, there's a lot to shoot for in Ghostbusters. And if we're being honest, there's only one main multiball in Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. And that is not an easy multiball to get going. <laughs> I rarely. Have you hit um, Mass Hysteria? I have not yet. I've gotten really close. And Do I've always know? like raged after i like missed it you need to get mass hysteria that mode is freaking bonker town yeah well you know and i haven't gotten to that point yet and i can definitely understand you know turtles the depth like it isn't super deep like there's tons of modes and stuff to do but there's so many different little nuances that are there um, you can definitely like drown in what's available because you know you've got foot one two three hurry ups you got training hurry ups you got the pizza parlor multi ball that it'll occasionally tell you to shoot at you've got your skill shot and then when you complete your skill shot you get a, a, a you know in lane insert that you can move back and forth between the two ramps that when you roll over that in lane rollover you then start another hurry up that's a three shot hurry up so. I definitely do understand like the, it's it's not easy like it is definitely a game that requires you to know more than what it will lead on to you and and you know I had to teach you how to you know start another mode essentially because the game's really bad at explaining how to do that um you know splinter might say it once and then he doesn't say it again so you're just like how the how the hell do I start another mode um, you know, and it kind of has to be explained to you, but the one thing I can say about that game is my God, is it flowy and is it fast? Like it does not feel like a John Borg game. It feels like a Steve Ritchie game. It is nasty, fast, nasty. It, uh, it screams. Thank God Dwight coded it. So anytime the ball's at a, like, you know, at the upper flipper where you need to make a shot, He's got two flashers flashing right in your eyeballs, so like 90% of the time you miss the shot the first time because Dwight thinks he's being cute, blinding the piss out of me when I'm trying to make an upper flipper shot. But, uh, you know, that's it's one of the nuances, right? Um, you know, I really have loved uh, Turtles, but I tell you, man, the game that I consistently have been walking up to and playing... And just, like, generally get my ass kicked is Total Nuclear Annihilation. I don't know how you don't get your ass kicked. That game is... I've only played the prototype at MGC, and I bought the soundtrack. I've listened to the soundtrack endless times. Like, for some reason, it doesn't get old. Although I love techno and EDM and stuff. So, like, I'm into the music, but, like, I don't get sick of the music. I love hearing it. And I don't get sick of that first reactor song because I don't get very far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, and I'm the same way. So I really like electronic. Uh, well, I'll just say electronic because there's so many freaking subgenres. And Spotify this year taught me new subgenres I've never even heard of before that I apparently listen to. Um, you but, know, there's electronic Christmas music. Of course there is. Well, if there's. <laughs> If there's Toad covers of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, then I guarantee you there's electronic. Oh, good. Um, but, yeah, TNA, 
I, I tell you, Parnell, I don't know if you've gotten to play, you know, you haven't gotten to play a production unit, but that sound system in that thing, it sounds amazing listening to that record, you know, those songs on that. Yeah, and I think even you said, uh, you don't need a shaker. They have one. The subwoofer can do all of it. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely feel the difference between the sub and the shaker because the sub, it, it seriously is. I mean, the, the game, besides the amazing soundtrack, it is very hard and it makes you shoot for really dangerous shots. Um, and there's a lot of strategy in it, uh, you know, for a game that's as quote-unquote simple as some people like to kind of classify it. There's a lot of strategy into, you know, uh, especially if you're playing with someone else, like, do I want to go for multi-ball and lock two balls and then drain and then give the next person the ability to get a free multi-ball? Uh, you know, do I want to use my multi-ball now to shoot the stand-up targets to get the reactor started before I shoot the scoop? Do I want to shoot the multi-ball completely separately and play it as its own thing and, you know, try to knock down the targets that are timed? Uh, to get the super jackpot and add a ball, like there's there's a lot of um, you know strategy that that goes into a game that you know when you walk up to it you're like, well, this doesn't even have any ramps, like what what the hell? You know? So you picked up the game, you explained some rules to me that I I didn't know existed, and then I was I had also made the comment, holy crap, and I think you said it first was like it's the best mix of new with tons of code. But the '80s style playfield layout, yeah, and it's I mean, like the best '80s game to own. I if think you so. Only have one. Yeah, I mean, with this game, I really struggle to see, uh, and I know this is going to sound heresy to some people. I struggle to see why I'd want any other, um, you know, single ball, no ramp games from the '80s. Because I mean, this thing shoots amazing. It's got really awesome artwork got a great sound package and it's got enough deep code and the color show or the light show is amazing i love the the light show in it when it first came out i was excited and then i saw the price and the price is the only thing that really holds me back but when you think about what comes in it as long as you're a pinball person you can rationalize it um there's a bunch in it and to have the co-op where you could, my wife likes pinball, but she doesn't come down and play by it, like, because she wants to play. She usually just comes downstairs and I'll be like, hey, let's play pinball together with the family or whatever. And then she'll play. But if there was a co-op mode where we could play all together and progress, she might be more attuned to to joining. Oh, I can tell you right now, the the people that I have come over that both aren't big pinball people, and the ones that are, uh, one of their favorite games is Turtles because it has co-op mode. Like, they oh. love the fact that, uh, you know, because I'm not going to say I'm great because I'm not. I'm okay at pinball, but compared to someone who doesn't play, uh, like, ever, or only plays when they come over to my house, uh, you know, they're, they're not very good, uh, just to be, you know, matter of fact about it. And so... When they come over to my house and they flip the ball for 30 seconds or maybe a minute or two and they drain and then, you know, jackass me over here is playing for five or 10 minutes before my ball drains, uh, that could be really frustrating to people that come over to the house. So 
when we're playing co-op, it's no longer like, yeah, I know you're really good at pinball. Instead, it's like, yeah, you know, instead of it changes them from just kind of sighing and being like, whatever. It's like, yeah, like, let's get further. Let's progress through the game. Like, I want to see these cool things and these different modes. So it's, it, it definitely changes people's mindsets too. So I totally agree with that. When is uh, Black Knight getting co-op? I don't think that Steve Ritchie will let Tim Sexton do that. I, I think that <laughs> that game is all about you versus the pin. I don't think Steve wants to muddy it anymore with saying, well, it's you and your friends versus. Sure. But I guess this is a good segue. So Parnell, you spoke about how I sold my Lord of the Rings. I sold my Lord of the Rings, but I also sold my Wheel of Fortune. Um, my pickups were demolition TNA, but there was a very specific reason uh, that we'll now, I think, touch on here in a moment as to why I sold both of those games and picked up the two I did. So my segue, Parnell, is are there any games that you are looking to get soon before I make my answer? Wait, one more time. Are there any pinballs that you are possibly considering wanting to get in the not too distant future. Been discussing this, and this is Ad where, I, <laughs> yeah, and this is where I am having a very hard time making the dis- like pulling the trigger on the decision. But I have wanted a scared stiff for a while, and I do like TNA. Are there more games? Yeah, I, I mean, there's always more games, right? New shiny objects are always really a fan of mine, except for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think with the amount of time I have, my skill level, like I could go back to 90s '90s Williams and not have a problem owning all those. Just the price point is just insanity. But me and you have talked about me selling Tron, Lord of the Rings, ACDC, and one plan was to build a virtual pin so that a lot of the games that I thought I wanted or whatnot, I could play on that. And it's not real legit pinball, but at least it scratches the itch. I have a bunch of stuff to build it. I just need the cabinet. I might go that route to see how it is. So I haven't played one for a while. I did get the TNA uh, V-Pin on my Microsoft Surface. And playing with the keyboard sucks balls, but I got to play it. You had found the stream where they did a V-pin version versus the real. Yep. And there's no comparison. There's like the backhanded shot from the right lower flipper to the drop target. It can be made on the real one. On the V-pin, it's a pain in the butt skis. I don't know. I have a hard time. Like, I talk about selling Tron. I play it. I love it. And then I, I can't get rid of it. Yeah, but um, don't worry, listeners, and all, all two of you that are listening. Uh, shout out to Chelsea, fiance, that's I'm sure is listening. Uh, uh, probably our only listener when this gets posted up initially. Um, but uh, I am trying to work Parnell over on possibly putting Tron up for trade, and I'm trying to convince him to either get a Black Knight Premium or with maybe the topper. A, with, well, maybe yeah, and a TNA possibly. Have him sell his galaxy and his play ball and have, you know, TNA be his old 80s game that kind of covers all those different itches from uh, the 80s style kind of gameplay. 
And then, you know, it'll allow him to have VPIN that he wants too. So, oh, there's so many. I, I like get scared that if I sell Tron, then I'm going to like miss it. But I don't know. It's one of those games where I bought it years ago. So I paid obviously what I thought it was, it was worth. Nowadays, that value is very high. And I, uh, I could make money selling or trading, but I will never buy it again because the cost is so high. And so it's one of those you have to you have to know that it's time to move it, which I also kind of mentioned to you at one point about Lord of the Rings, where it was like, OK, I, I really like the game. But after you play it so many times and it's the same, like you get to like 50% of the f- entire game, like almost every game, you get kind of bored of it. It's, is, that how, yeah. is that a good way to explain it? Yeah, well, because I mean, you know, Lord of the Rings is very rinse and repeat. You know, you're, you're really only like, ugh, I mean, I, sure, you're, you're starting modes, but I mean, you're real like, you know, and obviously you can stack modes and multiballs to like blow the game up. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're starting modes and you're trying to get the three different multiballs started. And depending upon how hard you have those, uh, the settings on your machine set up, those can, you can be going through those pretty frequently through a game if you're in a good groove. And yeah, it just feels really samey at some point to me, anyways. I yeah. love the game. I I'm love the game. But, you know, I'm starting to get that. My collection, I used to have 14 games. I'm down to eight. Eight or I guess I own eight. I have nine because of my basement and uh, my remodels kind of getting close to done. The dry bar may or may not happen. And if it does happen, I'm down to five games in my basement. And that kind of like what you have, you have six. I was never limited by space before. Uh, when I had my games at work, I had all 14 just lined up down one wall, and I had space for even more. But now that I have a space limitation, it makes you think way differently about your ga- about what games to keep and what games, like TNA being the only 80s game. Something like that, right? Where like, Yeah, you become kind of snobby almost. Yeah. I hate to use that word, but you do. It's kind of like someone that could only, you know, like let's say a wine drinker that you you walked up to them like a huge wine fanatic and you're like you can only have five wines they probably aren't going to choose like five reds they're going to be like all right well i need to have one red and like uh you know a white or you know whatever you know i'm going to need a merlot versus one of the other types and you know, you just end up kind of getting to that point where because i'm not super limited on space but i can have eight maybe nine in a pinch in my main game area, Uh, but six display really well in my basement. So yeah, it is definitely a factor where it's like, well, this is a fun game and I like it, but uh, does it offer enough variety from one game to the next? And that's one thing that we have spoken about at nauseum at times is, you know, you have a lot of fan layouts and that's not inherently a bad thing, but they don't offer you like really different playing experiences. And I, uh, my excuse is always, I'm so bad at pinball. I don't notice. <laughs> at one point excuse. I thought I would like train to become and go to like league nights down the cities. And then 
it just with the family starting, it just never happens. So I've been I brought my ACDC home a couple of weeks ago because no one no one's played it, no one's even seen it. It's been at my father-in-law's, and I got a bunch of games on it, and I really enjoy it. I I'm not in love with it. Is that? It's just it's yep. good. It's good. Yeah. I have the Lucy one, and so my wife was like, when I finally got to the basement, she looked at it, and she's like, there's a lot of boobs on this. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we had to have a little talk about, like, kind of the family. We have a family, and uh, what, you know, it's not like it's a bunch of naked chicks, but they're definitely cleavaging. Okay, how are we going to explain the context and all this stuff to the kids if they start asking and stuff like that? So we're good if I keep it, but if I sell it, she's obviously fine with it. She also doesn't like Tron. It's very hard. She doesn't play it, but like she likes ACDC the band, so she likes playing ACDC. And Metallica is like her game, so she's totally good with the rock stuff. If Motley Crue became a game, no matter what the um manufacturer i would probably have to sell something and or buy it she's definitely like a theme person i never really i i knew acdc songs but i've never owned a cd hell i've never even owned a metallica cd yeah no i mean i like acdc but i definitely i would rather have a metallica in my basement as opposed you, to an ACDC. Yeah, you, you brought up a good point. You're like, uh, Metallica's a better game. And I'm like, yeah, but they're both different. But I think your thought process was like one music pin, right? Yeah, I mean, apart from Guns N' Roses, because it is 21 mm-hmm. songs, most music pins have, what, six songs, eight songs, maybe 10? Yeah, it's pretty in. low. And my God, as much as I love any specific band, because I owned Iron Maiden, I'm not a huge fan of theirs. I like a few of their songs, but... I tell you what, hearing those same damn eight songs over and over and over and over again on repeat, it really drove mm-hmm. me up the frickin' wall. And it just got to a point where it was just like, I don't, I don't love the music. So that definitely became like a point where I was like, all right, well, your ass is next. You're, you're, you're getting booted out of the basement. I will say, though, that you do play a lot of pinball. I might play max 20 games a week. And that's just like, I come down, I turn a game on, I play a couple games, I turn it off, I go back upstairs. Like, I do not play my games all that often. Lately, I've been playing them more, but you, when we've talked, you play your games. I play the shit out of them. <laughs> so I can definitely, like, I don't get sick of my music game, like, because I, I barely play it. But, like, if if you played your Iron Maiden 30 minutes a day, for a week, I could definitely see it being annoying. Yeah, and I mean, I had my Maiden for, I think, six months before I ended up trading it for Spider-Man. Oh, that's but, a good chunk of time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I had put close to a thousand plays on it before I gave it away. So, I mean... I mean, that's a lot of plays. It is, and I think my average ball time was like seven and a half minutes. Was <laughs> what the, the audit said before I gave it, you know, traded it away. So, no, I mean, I, I'm telling you, like... It, just for me, I wouldn't, I'm not a huge like band guy. I love music, but all the bands are dad bands from the seventies and eighties. And, you know, I, I, I love Metallica, but, um, you know, it hasn't gotten into my basement yet. It's a good game that just jumped back up. So 
It, yeah, it'll Yay. be one to keep an eye out for. Oh, offhanded comment. I was playing Metallica, and then my I was jumping between ACDC and Metallica. And you can tell the build quality difference between those two games. Because, like, ACDC has a bigger sound system, and it's older. You go to Metallica, and you can tell the cabinet is, like, thinner. And there's some... It just echoes different, and uh, the coil firing on Metallica is so freaking loud. Where like Tron and ACDC, maybe Lord of the Rings too, are like really quiet. Yeah, newer games definitely are louder. And now there's oh. obviously exceptions like uh, Chicago Gaming. Their games are a little bit quieter. TNA. I, I think I have my TNA downstairs set on volume three of I think ten or eleven. I can't hear a coil to save my life if I wanted to, but um, you know, as it, I, I, I can definitely tell you though that my sterns are quite a bit louder. Uh, if I had TNA turned all the way down, it, it, the sterns would definitely be the loud ones in the group. And what what is the oldest stern you've owned? Mm, Lord of the Rings. I guess it'd be Lord of the Rings or Spider Man. I can't remember which one first. So uh, your ulterior motive was was to get a deposit. Now the de- for a Guns N' Roses LE. Uh, again, I'm not in love with bands, but that game is really awesome, and it has an amazing light show. However, uh, if our listeners have been up to date on pins that have recently been announced, uh, about three or five days before I put my deposit down on Guns N' Roses, uh, Pinball Brothers stepped into the arena and said, hey guys, we have some big news coming on the 17th of Jan- December. And obviously at that point, I immediately started hopping into the threads. And uh, I can tell you that when it becomes available, I am going to buy a Alien Ellie. Um, or LV. I don't, I don't know what their naming's going to be for yet, but they're, they're limited edition pin. Uh, I will be getting one of those. It's a little bit different than the original, right? It is. It's slightly different. Um, They changed out a bunch of the boards underneath to make things easier um, to work on because the original Alien had this huge PCB board that, I mean, it makes the Chicago gaming PCB boards look small. I mean, it literally almost went down the entire play field. And to do anything you had to remove that whole PCB to get to components underneath it to make adjustments or to take things out and swap them. Um, They also made some changes. They opened up a secret entrance to the airlock uh, scoop shot. They changed the geometry a little bit of the airlock scoop shot. Um, They no longer have flipper mechs that are all one thing with a huge flipper bat hole in the bottom of the play field. And uh, they also added an extra magnet. So when you're shooting the orbits, uh, the game can grab the ball out of the orbit and pull it into the pop bumpers to complete some of the pop bumper modes that uh, previously were like super duper hard to finish or complete because the pop bumpers are kind of hard to hit. Um, So... I'm really excited about it. Uh, they definitely had made some changes also to the play field. Uh, there no longer is the, the monitor in the center of the play field, which 
you know, I would have preferred for it to be there, but I understand why their big thing was is that uh, they could never quite get the screens to sit perfectly with the playfield, and it was either causing the ball to wear the playfield prematurely or the ball was uh, possibly breaking the screen uh, because it was sticking up higher than the playfield. So um, I have not played one, but I can tell you that I am a huge Alien and Aliens fan. So as cool as Guns N' Roses is with the Amazing Light Show, I will take an Alien every day of the week just to hear all those great call-outs. And I think it is a really unique layout. A buddy of mine slash ours, Dave, used to own one, and he did say that it was a great game. Um, He just sold it because he had the original and didn't know if it would have parts long-term when Highway started kind of getting rocky, so... He sold it. I think you and him are in on one. Yeah, I did speak to Dave, and Dave uh, and I are both uh, essentially, when we're able to, we're going to get an LE because uh, I I think that this new company has kind of hopefully figured out everything, and they no longer have Andrew, which is the big one. Um, so I don't think that we have to worry about the same shenanigans happening that happened first time. So, I mean, yeah. Just looking the mechs, looking over the mechs and the way things were made under the playfield, it just it makes zero sense on making it harder when things are already available to use. Like why recreate a flipper mech when you can just buy one cheap? Well, the idea was is to make it easier on the operator. So instead of me or you, you know, traditionally on a pinball machine. You have to loosen the flipper bat uh, sleeve, or not the sleeve, the flipper bat um, shaft, and actually pull the flipper bat out, right? Well, on, on the original Aliens, you went underneath there, undid four bolts, and unplugged a connector, and the whole flipper bat, the mech, everything, all came out at once. So, I mean, you could, fli- you could change out a rebuilt flipper in, like, four minutes, which is, I mean, huge, How's and it's going to be aligned perfectly. Huh? How's the flipper go through the playfield? Uh, there was a hole cut in the playfield for the flipper to fit through with the rubber on it. Uh, it sounds like a good idea. Yep. But like, how often are you, you know, like pulling? The they, they, they made the attempt, right? Uh, they now have went to a lot of Williams uh, mechs where they can. So they aren't reinventing the wheel. Uh, I mentioned the boards. The previous boards had, they were super overbuilt. There was a microprocessor with RAM and a whole bunch of uh, flash ROM just dedicated to the flippers. And you don't yeah. really need that. <laughs> so, I mean, and people were guesstimating that was like 20 bucks per machine that they were spending on that that wasn't needed just in that one area. And I mean, they were overbuilt everywhere electronically. Um, Well, that's kind of wasteful, right? Like putting too much. Yep, exactly. Uh, You know, I don't want them to Gary Stern cost cut it, but you know, (laughs) it makes sense for them to cost cut. And it also makes sense because the Bally Williams parts are going to be readily available. So on the parts that are Bally Williams uh, max, I mean, that's going to be stuff that we're almost never going to have to worry about going out of stock. Which is cool. Found a picture of the flipper mech you're speaking of, the original highway one. Yep. And now I understand. Yeah. So underneath, between the flipper and the the bracket that holds all the coil mech stuff, it's like 
just a tad bigger than the flipper is a plastic piece. And so, yeah, you're right. So on the play field, they cut out a large flipper section and then that plastic piece kind of fills that void so that if you pull out the mech from the bottom, the whole thing comes out and then there's just this like pinball, sh- pinball flipper shaped hole in the play field. Yeah. I mean, really cool stuff, right? Like that. It, I mean, if they, it's interesting. <laughs> if they had used like, I, I suppose they had to oversize the mech bracket, but it's a good idea. I, I get it now, now that I see it. I Yeah. And I mean, the idea for this was this was supposed to be Pinball 3K. Uh, and what I mean by that is this was supposed to be the new Pinball 2000 system. So, you know, the reason that they had the side art where you could pull it out and it was backlit was so you could pull out the play field and swap another play field in, change the side art and the, the back glass out, and you'd have another game. So... They did this on purpose to try to make it to where if you bought one machine, you could then buy like the kit like they had for Star Wars back in the day from Avenge from Mars. I thought it was a good idea because uh, I did make a comment because their playfield kits were like $4,500. And my one comment was like, that's almost, a, it's pretty much a new Stern Pro. Why would I? But yeah, you're saving, you're keeping the games, but you're saving space. And it's like, what, 10, 15 minutes to swap? Well, I think Highway had, had it timed, and it was a pretty quick swap. Highway said with two people you could swap the entire game four minutes. Oh, wow. Which is okay. incredible. What um, was your swap time on Star Wars 1, Episode 1? Okay, so after I got the Prism card and all the other stuff that I needed and the Prism daughter board, uh, I could swap it out in five minutes. Oof, it okay. was pretty quick. Uh, that obviously doesn't include the side art, uh, but everything but the side art uh, was like, I have no sure. idea when the LE is going to be announced or, or when their ships. I mean, it's not bad, but. Well, we could call this episode a, a wrap. We went it, over our 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we did. I thought, I figured we were going to take an hour, so we only went over by a little bit. I guess that's just bonus content for our listeners. I'm just going to have to hack everything out. I'll take out half this crap. (laughs) Nice. You can hit us up at flippinandmashing at gmail.com or, oh, wait, our Facebook account is still (laughs) fucking... uh, We never recovered from Stern banhammering us, so that email still works. We might have to make a new Facebook if this starts being recorded more often. Or we'll just make... uh, We'll just make Ryan do something. Yeah, I'll make some. Otherwise, we will speak to you soon. Thank you for keep joining on. us, Ryan. Yeah, keep on flipping and mashing. Woo! Flip, flip, mash, mash. <laughs>